My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas, MC Laubscher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and today's show, we're going to look at opportunities in the shrinking market of affordable housing. My guest in today's episode is Sterling Lund. Sterling is a seasoned veteran of the multifamily and commercial real estate industry, specializing in the entitlement, development, and renovation of assets with combined values of over $2.1 billion and representing 6.7 million square feet and 7,460 residential units for some of the nation's largest private and public property owners. He exhibits expertise in diligence, pro forma modeling, evaluation, and budgeting of acquisition, construction, and renovation opportunities. Sterling's intimate knowledge of the construction and development process, as well as his strategic relationships, play a key role in mitigating the ever-present risks uh, of the industry. After interviewing over 300 Cashflow Ninjas on the show, a common question I get asked is, what are the top things that you have learned from these Cashflow Ninjas? And I've compiled the biggest lessons uh, I've learned in a report and video the 10 top things that Cashflow Ninjas know, you can download the video and report at CashflowNinja.com. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. Sterling, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, MC. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? I will, indeed. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, by the way, to uh, speak to your listeners and continue to add to the 
inventory of great teaching that you make available. I started this journey for myself. Uh, after college, wanting to be an architect, I uh, learned that I needed to uh, generate some money a little quicker than the uh, architectural trend would take me. And so I went back into the construction that I'd been doing, that construction history, and became a construction superintendent for an apartment company up in the Northwest, actually in Portland, Oregon. Had the opportunity to develop and build multifamily properties for an owner builder. So we were working with both the management team and the long-term hold of the owner. And so in that process, built several hundred units and found it to be quite rewarding. Uh, from that point, the market turned a little bit there at the end of 1990s in the 99 market. And we had the opportunity to move to California. We came down to California in 2000 and immediately landed on a project that was turned out to be 796 units after the second phase. A wonderful adventure, 100 million in construction, and I found that to be a remarkable uh, segue into the next level of my career, which took me into project management, uh, ended up being a project manager for Shea Properties, a local uh, significant developer in this market here in the Southern California market, uh, part of Shea Homes. And from that place, leapt out into Standard Pacific Homes, and they began to build condo product up in the LA market, infill high-density residential. And so at that point, I was managing uh, six or seven projects at a time. And of course, everything came to a screeching halt in 2008. Got a little quiet down here in SoCal and began to look for other ways to participate in the construction business and ran into a group called Mike Rovner Construction and had the opportunity to be a vice president with them and they renovated apartments. And through that cycle, we brought new finishes, cabinets, countertops, et cetera, to the interior units in the unit turn model and had did about 3,500 units with large owners like the Irvine Company and other large property holders. And that's what brought me through the market to where we are today. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, now, do you have a philosophy that you draw on and uh, what is your philosophical approach when it comes to investing? And is there also a checklist that you, that you draw uh, from when making investment decisions? We do. Um, one, we believe that the purchase from a philo philosophical perspective we need to be looking at the actual income of an investment. We specialize in the apartment industry. And instead of projecting and operating from a pro forma model or a forecasting model, we like to understand what the existing property is doing in a performance, in its own performance. And from that place, we begin to expand the research as to where we believe we, and we, this is where we drop into our checklist. We begin to watch uh, historic cash flows. We look back as far as three years. We look at current markets. Uh, we don't look at one or two comps. We look at about 10 comps in our markets and local areas. We look at the condition of that market. Since we invest across the Sunshine Belt or the lower states, the lower 48, right? The 48 states and then the lower 10 states that are down on the southeast side, 
of our country. We begin to check their market conditions. Watch, are they healing? Are they recovering? Have they already peaked? Where are they in that cycle? We call it an emerging market cycle. And as that uh, cycle matures, every city is in a different stage. Right now here on the West Coast, we would describe ourselves as up on the peak market. Uh, rents have slowed. Prices have been uh, escalating. And now we're trading properties uh, three and four caps, which is a 3% return if you paid cash for the whole property. So we've begun to pay incredible prices for those assets. And that isn't the market we like to invest in. We like to invest in markets that are still recovering or riding that wave up again. And that brings us the opportunity for both a better value when we purchase, but also a natural appreciation. Rising tide in that market raises all rents, for instance. Right. Now, can you share a little bit with my listeners just uh, what Refuge Investments, what, what you do, um, and uh, some of the projects that you're involved with? Oh, of course. We shop in uh, secondary markets, about 300,000 in metro population, for B and C apartment products. We describe those apartments as workforce housing, uh, houses for our nurses, our police officers, our teachers. We believe that in our economies today, there is a larger and larger disparity between the high wage earners and the working class. And in some cases, that has become so um, exaggerated that the volume of units being built, for instance, are all high-end models, and the number of workforce housing units continue to shrink by percentage. So our objective is to buy that older product and renovate that product so that we can improve the neighborhood that they're in, as well as the living and lifestyle of those families that are choosing to live there. There's also a phenomenon today that the, that same class of apartment, that B and C property, is actually shrinking as a whole, not shrinking as a percentage of the rental market, but shrinking as number of units available every year. We're losing, uh, by the U.S. Census Bureau's statistics, about 100,000 units a year at that level, the low-income or affordable housing level. Sterling, what are some of the main reasons for the shrinking market in affordable housing uh, and this trend? Well, surprisingly, the U.S. Census Bureau has identified that we're losing about 100,000 apartment units a year in that affordable category. And I don't mean affordable because they've been government subsidized. I'm, I'm explaining or desi- describing naturally affordable. Those are low-income uh, rental units because they've just gotten older and they're less desirable and typically 25 or even 30 years old, some, some even older. And the reason that those are shrinking or excuse me, that that population is shrinking has several points. One is that the product gets so old, it's out of its usefulness. It's been, the maintenance has been deferred too long. It's too expensive to fix. It's time to take it down. At that time, it's either rebuilt as something that's more expensive and a better use. Maybe it's not even residential anymore. Maybe it turns into office space 
or some other commercial use, maybe a mini mall, depending on its location. But then the other parts of that same class and the reason that they are removed from that affordable category is because developers will acquire a property that's become more favorable in its location. The market has turned, the, the growth, the urban growth has finally reached this little pocket of the community and a developer will buy that property and then reposition it with what they're considering a, a really heavy investment, maybe $20,000 a door. But their intent is to double its rental position. Maybe this was an $800 a month rent and now they're wanting $1,600 a month because they've really brought life back into that building. But the way to pay for it is to raise rents accordingly. And then another version of that is the same developer or an, a, another developer of the same thought comes in and decides to really invest quite a bit of capital, but they're going to take it into the condo market. They're going to take that same asset and bring it to sale often way beyond the budgets of those that previously lived in those units. So those are reasons why that market continues to shrink. And at 100,000 units a year, that's a remarkable number because the growth sector of the apartment industry is the A property, all the brand new properties. Those are coming in at often double or even triple the rents of the affordable product. And we consider those folks the, the typical market for that product as renters by choice. They've elected, they have the capacity to buy a house, but they've elected by the lifestyle to choose that higher end product with all the bells and whistles and maybe a better location right downtown or some high level of amenities that draw them into that community and make it feel very appealing compared to home ownership out in the suburbs. But while we look at the cost of all that construction and all of those renters by choice, we still have a whole segment of our society that's actually growing by leaps and bounds, and that's renters by necessity. Whether it's young families or uh, working folks that just don't have the budgets to transition, or they're in transition of their own, they just sold a home, but they're not sure, they just moved from out of state and they're trying to find a place to land while they figure out the economy here or find out where they wanna live. So renters by necessity have a whole nother experience when they're watching their housing units shrink exponentially in their, even in every one of their cities. So there's a natural growth or push in rents just because of need. And there really is not a large program to bring that kind of product to market. You're listening to Sterling Lund on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. You're listening to Sterling Lund on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. Very, very interesting. Sterling, now you 
guys have perfected a business model of buying distressed apartments off market. Uh, can you share that with my listeners? Of course. Yeah, we specialize again in this product type and we have learned that buying directly from owners or from the secondary market versus the retail market gives us a couple of benefits. Uh, some are obvious. We are often able to pay without going through an auction escalation cycle. We get to help our owners in a more personal way, because if we can make a direct relationship with an owner, now we can help them with their 1031 exchange. We can help them through uh, having their property or having their loan signed over to us. And that allows them to have some flexibility on when they get out of their transaction. We might even allow a close to linger a little longer. So their 1031 can be flawless and not feel the deadline of that clock ticking as soon as we close. Now, of course, they've got their days to identify and days to close, which can add a great deal of stress to their lives. And then because we're buying, so we've, we'd contact them directly. We find who they are by title searches, by quite a bit of research and data research. We also have feet on the ground in those markets that are active in making those relationships with real estate investment groups, property managers, uh, and even ownership associations, apartment ownership groups, so that we can actually mingle and connect with owners. And most of the time, we're buying a distressed asset because that owner is either tired of ownership, uh, they're typically not institutional investors, they're individuals, they've had it in the family years, maybe they have two or three properties, you know, maybe grandpa had them and now it's a few generations in and now they're saying, you know what, we'd rather sell and get out. We're tired of being in the management world. There's all kinds of different reasons and motivations for people to sell. And we try and make, we make those relationships. And what you'd mentioned that you guys are looking at second or, uh, secondary markets and in, obviously in the BNC apartments, uh, what markets are you currently looking at? Is there states uh, that you guys are focusing on? <clears throat> What are the reasons uh, that you're focusing on specific states? Yes, we like Missouri, uh, Tennessee, uh, Alabama. They've been, uh, they're older communities that had a great deal of development uh, 30, 40 years ago, which is important for the size of projects we're trying to acquire. The rental market is still in a healthy position the assets are still reasonably priced. The large investing groups, the big public entities, um, the REITs, those large purchasing folks that can compete so highly and so easily and are willing to accept a much lower return have pursued most of the properties on the coasts, both east and west. I'm sure your uh, listeners have heard that explained before. We like coming just in off the coast and these core markets are really healthy. They've got great job growth. They've got a lot of investment coming in from both out of state and even out of country. Uh, lots of new industry, lots of new, their colleges are growing. There's a lot of health in their environment and the health in their uh, communities. And it makes that market a very uh, prudent place for us to spend time. 
Very, very interesting. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, the job, the jobs is very, very key. Uh, now, you had mentioned a little bit about um, the apartment industry and what's going on in multifamily, uh, the, the, the whole niche uh, there, and also shared a little bit about your business model. Now, another way of doing it, too, is new uh, apartment uh, developments and basically con- construction. But there's also been a, a a lot of uh, costs increasing in that segment. Can you speak to the ground costs of new apartment development? Absolutely. Um, I cut my teeth on the construction side of this business and working in the development end, bringing in the architects, the engineers, the soils engineers, et cetera, to bring products through entitlement, through conception, into construction, then delivery, was a very common process for me to participate in. And what has happened over the years uh, that has complicated the challenge for the development side is the cities have become more and more engaged, uh, more and more sophisticated maybe. And with that has come in the entitlement side, well, has in, it has inserted a lot of risks to that transaction. In the entitlement side, you run a lot of risks because the entitlement process is that permission where you bring your plans to the city, you tell the city what you think you're going to build, then the city comes back with their idea of what you're going to build, and you have this little back and forth. Sometimes that process can take a year, but unfortunately, we've watched some of those processes can take up to three years. And so you have this carry cost extension that's quite dramatic. And then, and risk related to when you might start, you could even watch a market shift during that time from the time you bought or pursued a property to the time you just got your entitlements. You also have the construction risk where during that ebb and flow with the city, they've begun to put more burdens on you. Maybe they want you to have more parking than you initially thought. Maybe they think you should have fewer units than you originally underwrote. And so you go back and forth and you come up with a set of plans that look similar to what you initially had in mind, but now they're different substantially. You bring your contracting group back in, and even though they might have helped you in underwriting and told you that we were going to build this product for $180 a foot, by the time they get the plans back and the time by the time that all of this timing has passed, these years have passed, they've watched a big shift in their construction costs, just their base costs. For instance, here in California, over the last Uh, three plus years, we've watched construction costs rise as much as 30%. Well, that's a major impact to an underwriting that occurred three years ago when they found the property and began their entitlement process. Wow. So then after they all wrestle around the table and they go, well, we can accept a lower return or maybe we'll get the same return because we're going to push our rents because rents at least went up for a while. Let's go forward with construction. And they convince the bank and everybody else that it's a good idea. Well, now they've got the process. Let's say they're building 300 units. Again, most of the projects built today in this market are quite large from efficiency stake. So they bring that product to construction and they start building. They're going to build that product out in about 18 months or two years. Now they get to start renting. Well, imagine if all that time you've absorbed all these increased costs And as of today, we're watching a pretty static rent pattern. Uh, Rents have not been increasing in the A product for probably a year here in the 
I mean, I'm in the Los Angeles area. While they've watched all their costs increase and all these creeps to their budget, they're not really watching that recovery in their rental side. So all of a sudden they come out with their product with, which of course, 15 other developers had the same thought three years ago. Everybody's popping up with new product. Now you have a problem because you can't get absorption as fast as you initially thought. So you're going to offer concessions. You're going to offer a month free rent. You're going to give a free TV, anything to get people to come in the doors. And sometimes you have to steal from the guy across the street to fill your units. So a lot of downward rental pressure, at least static rental pressure because of that movement in the market. Again, very difficult to follow that business model and then say, by the way, I want to build a unit for half the price of what's on the market today so I can be an affordable product. Just a very difficult math equation. Absolutely. Now, uh, Sterling, one habit that I've observed from very wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. Uh, what are you currently studying? What new skill sets are you currently learning? Well, we've been growing our knowledge in the business of the IRA-based investor. That's a group of individuals who have, over time, been acquiring wealth in a standard IRA through their business or through the job that they've had. And in that process, they've accumulated wealth because of their in, um, their deposits and sometimes their employers matching. But what they're seeing in their returns are volatile or less than desirable. And so as we've been expanding our knowledge of that market, we've been growing our relationships with uh, registered investment advisors and other parties that are allowing us to bring our alternate investment model to this uh, wide breadth of people and invite them to invest while within their IRA to own real estate that would be held in their IRA. It allows them to leverage the growth of that asset, uh, the income that's produced by the investment, and capitalize it all in their IRA, avoiding the tax implications. And it begins to shine a light on a whole new world for most people. And we've enjoyed the opportunity to learn more about that industry and see how we can be helpful. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them, to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, thank you for that, MC. That's a great question. Uh, I happen to be a, a father of five kids, and I have enjoyed that season of my life because it has really taught me to look forward and imagine the future. And as I think about the three things that I want my children to understand as they move on in life, I believe number one for me is faith. Both faith in the one above who can give us some input and help us in life, but also faith in our friends and our neighbors, something that allows us to believe in something we don't see, but that can turn to good. And that has always been a significant part of my decision-making in my life. Another aspect that I believe is eternal is your character. I think the way they live their lives, the way I've modeled my life, if they could continue that forward into the next generations, the character of being honest, 
trustworthy, available. Um, those core principles of character are timeless. And then the third would be to always keep a vision of the future. Sometimes we get mired in the noise and the volume of our current life. Maybe there's a crisis. Maybe there's an injury or an illness. Maybe there's a shortfall financially. And in those moments, it becomes very difficult to see which decisions to make without keeping a vision of the future in mind. You might make a, a hasty decision. And if my children can continue to think of the future as they make their decisions in life, whether it's college, whether it's spouses, whether it's how they raise their children, that is a long-term timeless decision that they're making. And I believe that's very key to making those decisions. Sterling, how can my listeners learn more about all the amazing things that you guys are up to at Refuge Investments? And how can they uh, stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with and connect with you? Well, thank you. We, uh, you can find us at refugeinvestments.com. We have a way for you to connect with us, learn more about us. There's quite a bit of information on our website. But then you can also, uh, there's a couple of locations where you can click to learn more. You can also call us. Um, email us. We'd be pleased to answer questions and give feedback. And And if you've got questions about an investment you're in, since we've got so much experience in this market, uh, I'd be pleased to talk with you. Maybe we could help you in some other way besides direct investment. We are always available to help. We like, uh, I like this, just like your program, we love to help people and teach people. When we go to conferences and when we're at events, I love teaching and expanding the knowledge and sharing what I've learned. Fantastic. Well, Sterling, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. It is a wonderful pleasure. And I thank you again for the invitation. And all your listeners are benefiting greatly by following you. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com or text CashflowNinja to 44. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.